to Just Us Thinking. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm your co-host, Rebecca. And I'm the behind-the-scenes guy, Mikey. All right, and we have a special guest in our office. Uh, we have uh, Chris Johnston. Thank you. Uh, my name is Dr. Chris Johnston, Quality Care Chiropractic. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, a little bit about myself. Uh, most of my life, I've lived in Kansas and Oklahoma. Brother uh, went to college up here, which introduced me to Nebraska, as well as a few friends, which you two are one of the crew that talked me into opening up my practice up here. Thank God. Woohoo! Uh, graduated with my undergraduate from Loyola University, and then got my doctorate from Cleveland Chiropractic in Kansas City. I hold a doctorate in chiropractic medicine, as well as a bachelor's in history and a bachelor's in biological sciences. Nice, nice. So that's a lot of schooling. That is a lot of schooling. I also have a minor <laughs> in chemistry and vocal. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're, we, I don't think these, these mics are going to be a little too sensitive for him to sing opera, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to avoid that, so. Uh, he looks like he's up for a challenge, though. <laughs> he, always. he always is up for a challenge. <laughs> so, how long have we known each other now? Oh, heck, since probably 2009, 2010. Long, long time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well over 10 years. Yeah. So we played online video games together. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we met through a mutual friend, and then you we talked to you into coming up to Omaha. Yep, first then, game night. Yep. <laughs> so you came up here, and then we we slowly talked you into coming and opening your practice up here. Correct. I believe your comment was, "What do we have a lot of up here? Ice." I was like, "Okay." And what happens to people on ice? They slip and fall. They need you. Yep. And that was the main. Main argument that got me up here is that a lot of people in Nebraska, they whether it's slipping on ice, whether it's piling snow, whether it's actually falling off ladders while putting up lights or clearing snow or doing gutter work, it's it's you see a chiropractor after. Of well, course we, you would do that. Right. We have good <laughs> agriculture up here, so mm -hmm. you got to think people that are working out on the farms and everything. I have a lot of farmers and construction workers. Uh, some of my most avid are actually nurses and pharmacists who come in. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. That is interesting. So, mm. uh, All right. So who or what influenced you the most to go into chiropractor care? So originally, I was a pre-med chemistry student and undergraduate. I was on the fast track, which was a condensed program at Loyola University to get into Tulane's medical program. Okay. Kind of burnt myself out. From there... I continued my education from chemistry into biology with a little bit of music singing with the New Orleans Opera Company, um, oh, which neat. was an absolute amazing thing to do. And then um, I was actually working as a bartender in Oklahoma at a, at a private club, Cherokee Yacht Club. And through that, making a lot of connections with doctors, orthopedic surgeons, anesthesiologists, private medicine, all that. And what ended up happening is Dr. Steve Hayes, who is my mentor, approached me and he's like, Chris, I know you want to do medicine. Have you ever heard about chiropractic? Hmm. And I was like, no, I've, I've never heard of chiropractic at all. I don't know anything about it. Really? No, really. By, yeah. that, by that time, going through med school, I had not known what a chiropractor does. I'd never been to one. So I actually just knew him and knew a lot of his patients who were at the Yacht Club and a lot of people around Tulsa who knew him. And just nothing, just complete 
praise about him. And uh, he actually, the funny thing is him and his closest friend, Terry Frost, approached my parents before they approached me (laughs) and said, hey, is it okay if we talk to your son about being a chiropractor instead of being a medical doctor? We want to make sure it's okay with you. And my parents gave him the go ahead. And then Terry and Steve sat me down. They're like, Chris, we understand you want to be a doctor, but here's what a chiropractor does. A chiropractor deals with patients one-on-one. Yeah. And on day one after a visit, you actually see a difference in that patient. It's not just covering up the effects of disease. It's not just hiding it. It's not just masking the pain. It's actually fixing the problem. That's and very you, interesting. It, 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 it's, it's an amazing thing. And Steve said, you are a people person. You love people. You build relationships with them. That's what a chiropractor does. Because a chiropractor makes such an effect on a person's life that in most cases, patients become friends and then also soon become like family. Oh, wow. So it's, it's and he was exactly right. That's what happens is that a lot of my patients and some of the comments are, when I'm adjusting patients and they've been coming for about a week or two, I've had one patient say, Doc, this is probably the closest relationship to a guy that I'll ever have and that I'll <laughs> actually ever say that I have. Right. Oh, wow. so, well, let me ask you another question. So if you had to go back in time and choose, make a choice again, would you choose chiropractor or would you choose medical? No, I would definitely choose chiropractor. Um, okay. It <clears throat> It's awesome the way that the experiences that you have and the path that you're on build up to who you are. I I am a chiropractor with a pre-med education. So I've got the same kind of biology that a lot of chiropractors do. We all learn the same physiology, neurology, biology, the same or even more than doctors during school. We actually have more class hours that we learn about it. But I have a more extensive background in chemistry because of my undergrad that I started out as pre-med chem. So I understand a lot more about what's going on with pharmaceuticals, the body chemistry and everything else, and also what's going on with the lab work. Yeah, we always kind of ask you if we have any questions. We're like, hey. <laughs> we, we do. We, we, uh, we kind of utilize you quite a bit for that. So, but, so what makes you different than other chiropractors in the area? So a lot of chiropractors in the area, they focus mainly on the spine, which is on the neck, the mid-back, low-back. I take a whole-body approach. Um, I adjust wrists. I adjust shoulders. I adjust elbows. I adjust ankles. I adjust knees. And <clears throat> one of the things that gives the backup for that is what we call the domino theory. And as you know, with a pair of dominoes, you click one over, all of them fall until they hit the last one, and there's none other to fall over. Well, your joints work the same way. It's just like a car. If one joint is out of place, it affects the movements of all the joints that are connected to it. And then those joints connect all those and affect all of those. And it's just a complete theory until all of your body is imposed. So what I do is I start focus on the area of pain and then I work outward adjusting and making minor adjustments to the other bones around so that everything is moving together as one unit rather than just focusing on the spine and allowing the rest of the joints to over a longer period of time to adjust and readjust to what's going on in the back. Okay. That's a different way to look at it. I've never really thought of it that way. So, wow. That is, that's uh, a, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're having issues with your leg or your ankle or your knee, 
you know, it keeps slowing your back out of line. Yeah, that, you know, you're going to keep relying on the back if you're only focusing on the black back. You're not actually ever solving the problem. That's well, true. It, it's kind of interesting because you get a lot of patients who come in here with lower back and hip issues. And if you didn't know to look at the ankles and the knees and ask those questions saying, okay, so how do your knees feel? How do your ankles feel? Do you feel like you have motion anywhere? And they say, well, I mean, no, same motion as any other time. I was like, okay, so have you ever sidestepped on your foot or your ankle and rolled your ankle? And in most cases, everybody has at some point in their life, but they've never thought of that making an effect. Right. And so then you hasn't rolled their ankle. (laughs) And so, and so then you go in and you adjust the ankle, you adjust the knee and find out that those are out of place. And that that might be the reason why that hip and low back is out of position is because the ankle joint has no motion or irregular motion. And so the back will keep coming back and getting hurt and having pain until you fix that ankle and that knee to make sure that those joints are moving properly as well. That's a very different um, approach. I've never... I guess we've never talked about it this much. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, really. Yep. So, all right. Um, So if you have someone who's skeptical, how would you address their concerns? And have you had any, like, bad experiences? Well, every chiropractor has different experiences. And what you have to realize is that really only 8 to 10% of the population sees a chiropractor. Oh, wow. It's very, very low. Um, and one of the reasons that is, is because they hear certain things, whether it's from medical doctors or other people who don't have chiropractors or people who have had bad experiences with chiropractors, because they're, they're, they're bad, bad medical doctors. They're good medical doctors. There are bad chiropractors and there are good chiropractors. And when I hear a lot of complaints about people, when I go and talk with the national chiropractic physician association at all the state tournaments in Nebraska and everything, and at all my conversations with them, it's like, well, I, I just, I just had a bad experience. And my comment to them is try again, find a different type of chiropractor because no chiropractor adjusts the same way. We all have the same techniques, Mm -hmm. but each of us is a little bit different in how we adjust and what we adjust. So it's kind of interesting thing because if one chiropractor doesn't work for you, that's perfectly fine. Try to find a different type of chiropractor. A lot of chiropractors adjust side posture. I don't adjust side posture. I do seated posture. What's side posture? So side posture is when you lay the patient on their side. And then what you do is you actually place your index finger and whatnot on your back. Mm -hmm. And then with a kick with your knee on their knee, you actually go down towards the floor and roll them. Oh, yeah. I've had that done. That's, yeah. (laughs) Now, you have to be very careful when doing that kind of technique because you can also cause more damage to the discs in the low back. Yeah. Then you can actually help. Because, I always thought I was going to roll off the table or something. Oh, yeah. on <laughs> well, no, no. well, you have to think about how an actual injury to the disc happens. In most cases, it's when a patient is bent over, whether in a garden or picking up a box or whatever, they're in a bent over position and they rotate their lower back. And that's when the injury occurs. Mm. Well, and one of my mentors pointed this out. Well, that's what happens when you put a patient in side posture. Oh, yeah. And so by doing it in seated, it's a lot less 
force required on the patient and a lot less pressure on the disc. So that is one thing where I've had, but I've had patients come in and say, sorry, doc, you don't do side posture. I'm going to go find a chiropractor who does. Um, Very rarely will I do side posture. It's only when the joint is absolutely fixed and not movable that I'll do side posture, but I haven't found a patient yet that doesn't like seated over side posture. And I can, I've been able to get, people in seated position where they said a chiropractor has never been able to get my back like that. Oh, wow. So it, it, it's all about positioning and everything else. There are some people who don't like seated, mm-hmm. but it, it's just a matter of you've got to find out what techniques work for that patient and what best feels for them. Yeah. See, I think I did both. And like he did the side posture thing and I was just like, I'm going to fall off the table and you're going to, I'm going to get hurt even more. <laughs> I'm like, cause I could see that happening with me. <laughs> a relationship with a chiropractor, you, you really do have to trust the chiropractor that you go see without yeah. trust. It's a lot more difficult because the patients are a lot more tense in the muscles because of that fear. Yeah. And then also the patient doesn't relax. One of the key things I say to my patient over and over and over, and I'm sure you guys have said is just relax, deep breath in, be Elsa, let yeah. it go. <laughs> so and, now that that's interesting because it is kind of an intimate setting. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you know, applying pressure, you're, you're cracking them. Kind of like what I said in our massage, our massage show, it's, it's really intimate. Yeah. So, and it's, it's also very custom. A lot of people think, Uh, And I've heard medical doctors say, well, there's no standard for, you know, the pressure that you guys are using and everything like that. And my thought on that is you may have to use more pressure than me than on somebody else. Well, actually, there, there, there is a standard pressure. The, the adjustments that most chiropractors do, we call HVLA, high velocity, low amplitude. Okay. So if you know anything about physics, the force equals the mass times acceleration right so the faster the acceleration the less mass is required for the same amount of force that's why it's like a quick jerk it's a quick very short jerk but it's speed that's why chiropractors arms in most cases if you look at chiropractic arms their triceps will actually be larger or equal to their biceps and they'll actually have very strong arms that's because of the velocities that we actually employ when we're adjusting people it's very much a workout for a chiropractor it's why a lot of chiropractors will only be open four days a week because if they see that many patients over four days they've got to have time for their muscles to recuperate to go back the next week that's why a lot of chiropractors have to set a threshold of how many patients they're going to see because their muscles and the amount of work that they do they can only do so much uh-huh. yeah. so you could become a bodybuilder if you're doing that just adjust everybody every day all the time in, in, in actuality my mentor uh, steve said don't don't go to the gym the moment you hit 50 patients a day you don't need to go to the gym anymore oh. because if you go to the gym after seeing 50 patients your arms are going to be weak and in fatigue the next day that you see the patients. So for him, it's a lot more do your cardio, stay in shape, eat healthier, but don't overexert yourself and become that bodybuilder idea. Because in most cases, you're going to come back the next day after a good thorough workout that most bodybuilders say they have, and your muscles are going to be so fatigued, you're not going to give a hundred percent adjustment to that patient. Hmm. So, so what would you say is the top three ailments that, uh, that they come for, for? So the top one is always going to be low back pain. Really? Um, that, that is, that is probably the highest. The second one that I see is probably migraines and headaches. Okay. And then the third 
is it, it, it ranges, and I'll, I'll, I'll say extremity adjustments because the third equalizes with extremities of ankle problems, shoulder problems, wrist problems, and they all equal out to about the same time. I think one of the most amazing things that one of my patients came in for, and she'd seen a chiropractor for years, she actually lost her hearing in her right ear. Oh. And this had happened to her a couple of years ago, and she went to go see her chiropractor. And with a few adjustments, her hearing came back. Well, she went to an audiologist and an ear doctor um, to actually see if there was an infection or whatever. And the doctors couldn't see any infection, but just in case gave her an antiviral, like, here, this is probably doing this. If it doesn't change, if it doesn't get better, let us know. Well, after three days of taking medication, it actually got worse. So remembering she had seen a chiropractor when she was in high school, she came here. Mm-hmm. And we found out that her C2 was out of alignment. And C2 is what connects to the auditory nerves and has to do with hearing. C1 has to do with vision, which goes to the original story about how chiropractic began. C2 connects to the auditory, which affects sound. So the other thing we also found out is that her sinuses were irregular pressurized, where one side was more pressurized than the other, heavier pressure on the right side where the ear problem was. So what we did was we actually adjusted at the C2, then did some craniopathy to equalize out the pressure, and by the end of the adjustment, her hearing was all back to normal. Oh, wow. So, and, and it's interesting you say <laughs> that, because, um, I, I mean, I have migraines, so, we, you know, that's something I will say. Um, and a lot of my migraines are because of my my eyes the light light bothers mm-hmm. me so you you've adjusted me we adjust your c1 whenever you're having a migraine and that seems to work quite a bit yeah usually your migraines will either decrease by 50 percent or within half an hour after adjustment you'll be back to normal where i i mean i i've seen you walk in with heavy duty old style engineer glasses that block out all light and with you and a couple of my other patients, we actually have to turn off the light in the adjusting room to be able to adjust you. And then afterwards we're able to turn the lights back on and you're perfectly fine going out. It's just that you're always hungry afterwards. Yeah. I don't know what, what that, uh, what are you doing to me there that makes me hungry? So, so I have to eat something every time I leave here and, and you're not the only one. So, so adjustments have different effects on everybody. So when you adjust, uh, people, they have certain endorphin releases, which is why when you leave a chiropractor, in most cases, you have that kind of high lightheaded feeling, that feel good feeling. It's because during the adjustment, we actually cause an endorphin release, especially if you use stem acupuncture like we do. Oh, yeah. And the body releases endorphins and healing factors and pain relievers into the body that are just natural. That's right. So, you electrocute our ears. Oh, I don't electrocute your ears. It's just, <laughs> so, so, what is that little machine? So, so it's what it's called a pointer plus e-stem device. Okay. It has an adjustable setting to increase the amount of electricity to the point that we connect it onto certain acupunctures in the ear, which most people don't realize is actually a main circuit board for the entire body. And depending on where the it, where it is in certain situations on acupuncture point, you have it on a certain setting. And instead of using a plain needle, which you would have to clean every single time or whatnot and worry about infection and all that stuff, you actually use an electronic e-stem device, the pointer plus system, to activate that acupuncture point, which in most cases will speed up recovery by about two times 
the normal rate, as well as increase also endorphins associated with that acupuncture point. Yeah, I love your little e-stem machine. That's awesome. Yeah, I will say <laughs> you're the only person I've ever been to a chiropractor and actually used that device. Now, some will have you, like, lay down and they'll put, like, electrodes on your back. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to that. Seems a little bit more... But, yeah, with you, know, you just plug that thing in your ear and, you know, different there, spots. It's kind of crazy. There are, I, I know at least 20 other chiropractors in the Omaha area that do the same thing. Um, we, all, we are all a part of uh, Pinnacle uh, Management Group. Uh, it, it's an absolutely wonderful management group. The people there are absolutely awesome. The mentors are awesome. And I've learned a lot of what I do in the office from them. And that's actually the management uh, group that my mentor, Steve Hayes, started, um, which he's actually stepped away from and retired. Um, but the, the, it's probably one of the only management groups that is actually controlled by the members now, which was one of his hopes to create a management group that wasn't just controlled mm-hmm. by one or two people or a board, but actually controlled by the members themselves. Oh, it's kind of like a company-owned or an employee-owned employee, company. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. So when you're, what, would, what should someone expect when they come into a chiropractor? So let's say I've never been here, never seen you before in my life. Right. What do I expect? So the first thing you're going to have to do is fill out paperwork. It's always <laughs> so, paperwork. It, it's always paperwork. We and all it, love paperwork. Everybody loves paperwork. <laughs> but a lot of, what a lot of patients don't understand is the paperwork you guys fill out just that one time on that first visit until the first couple, we have to fill out about that same amount of paperwork every single time that you come in. Ooh. And yeah. so the, the people, people, and, and you guys have given me crap about having a two hour lunch period every day. <laughs> we do. What you guys don't understand is that two hour lunch period is usually used to catch up on paperwork filings for insurance and medical filings. Well, so it's not really a full lunch break. It's paperwork. We know that, but that's not going to stop us from giving you, true, giving true you crap for it. It's just <laughs> when we saw your, your hours and then you're like, you have a two hour lunch break. Now I know Michael knows that you're going to be doing paperwork and right. and chances are you probably run down the street to Arby's, grab oh, yeah. something to eat and it's like 15 minutes for your lunch and then an hour and a half, oh, yeah. 45. Uh, and trust me, every single manager uh, for over the last three years, I think I've trained more managers than some of the managers <laughs> and even, even the owner would actually, and she, she still drives out from Des Moines, Iowa every so often to come see me because she, she said, Doc, I don't know why there's not a line outside your door because I drive two and a half hours to come see you. So yeah. it, it once one the one thing about patients is that once they find a chiropractor that relieves their pain and that works, they will drive the distance to come see you no matter where you are. Okay. Um, That's true. So it, it it's it's all going back to that building the relationships with your patients and that trust. Yeah. Okay. So now we got the paperwork filled out. We're good there. What's next? So the next thing we're going to do is that we're going to go into the office and we're actually going to do what is called a consultation. During that consultation, I'm going to look at everything that you filled out on the paperwork from how bad the pain is from a level 1 to 10. Is it dull, achy, sharp, stabbing? And what a lot of patients don't understand is that when they're filling out this paperwork, every single box they check helps us determine before we go into the exam where the pain is coming from and what's causing the problem. Because that paperwork, when, when it's dull and achy, usually muscles are involved. If it's sharp and stabbing, it's very neurological. You're going to worry about a, more of a nerve impingement problem when it's sharp and stabbing. So every single keyword that you use can either say it's a combination of problems or a single problem and help us determine what we need to do with that on that exam. Okay. So, and then it's just a conversation of, okay, 
what happened before this pain started? And you hear a lot of patients say, Doc, I don't remember doing anything. <laughs> and well, it's like, okay. Let, let's be honest. You said that a lot of people don't come to yeah. a chiropractor. So, you know, the honest, honest answer here is they've been dealing with this pain for like 15, 20 years. In, in and cases, they have yes. no clue. Yep. Yeah. A lot a lot of cases, the pain has been going on for a long time, and they, they don't even have a memory of what's going on. So in that case, it's like, okay, what brought on the most recent pain that really set it off that you're coming in here? Because oh, okay. the mechanism of injury also then helps us determine, okay, it, it helps us determine what's going on and what caused it, and also the functional dynamic about what caused the injury, therefore figuring out what's actually causing the problem and how we can fix it. Okay. So consultation, you got all the information that they're going to tell you, mm -hmm. and they don't ever. No patient ever tells you everything. Let's right. oh, be honest. Yep, true. So then, what's next? So then, what's going to be happening is that we're always very upfront with our patients. We have already looked through their insurance, and we try to give them about a base amount of what it's going to cost. And the determination of cost is also going to be the determination of what they put on their paperwork. So it's a very simple, easy problem that they say it, it's just kind of a one to two to three on a pain. There's no radiation. There's no major injury. It's going to be a simple low grade exam. Now, if they get up to the point where it's a level five, six, and, and what's a five, six. So level five, six is basically to the point of I'm having trouble walking. I'm having trouble sleeping. I can't put up with the pain anymore. It's, it's basically affecting my, my function. Okay. And then you get up to level eight, nine. It's when I see patients basically lent, leaned over, barely walking into the uh, uh, office. And it, it's kind of like when you're in a migraine, you're assisted by, <laughs> by your son and wife yeah. and in total lockout and you can barely move. So that, right. that's going to be that nine ten. So when you come in for your initial exam, the level of examination cost is dependent on what your pain level is and what's going on. Okay. And then that's also going to determine whether or not we're going to take x-rays. On a low-grade problem, we're not going to take x-rays. X-rays won't be needed. You have a middle-grade problem where there's a slight radiation up the back or down the back or whatnot. More than likely, we're going to take x-rays. If you come in with a 910 problem, you're, you're, you're getting x-rays <laughs> because we got to make sure nothing else is serious is going right, on. Right, because if something's broken or something major is wrong Correct. and you adjust them, you can hurt them. Exactly. Okay. And, and I, ne I never want to hurt a patient. And, I, and I've had, I've had a, a patient come in and he, he just wanted a simple adjustment, um, but his history said otherwise. And he was a little upset about me doing x-rays and the cost. And he, and so he, he left. Um, but unfortunately when given those kind of backgrounds, it's not only for our protection to make sure that we don't hurt the patient and, and get sued or whatever, or lose our license. It's because you don't want to do more damage to the patient and cause them more of a problem than anything. Yeah. Because what if they have like a broken rib or something and well, you mess that up even more? <laughs> and that's, that's what I like about what you do. I don't want someone, I, I have always hated those people that will say, yeah, I could do the job and they really can't do the job or they're not, they can't do it effectively. If you can't do the job, don't make it look worse or don't make it, don't make the whole situation worse. So I like hearing that someone will say, Hey, I'm going to walk away because I'm not comfortable doing this. Yeah. 
because it's it's you know you're going to need a little bit more so i, I kind of like that i kind of like that you know you're not just i guess i, I want to say ambulance chasers like a lawyer there and and some of the unfortunately those chiropractors yeah, get bad just reps. As, just like medical doctors and lawyers and chiropractors there are all those kind of sorts that do that right um i i, I you're not one of I'm them i'm not one of those right um it one, one of the greatest things and i think the the most where I get most of my patients are from patients' referrals. About 70% of my patients are from referrals from other patients. Usually I end up starting either with a kid who has a problem and then the mom and dad start coming in or the mom or dad come in. All of a sudden I'm seeing their husband, their <laughs> wife, their, their kids, their newborn family, their daughters who have other families and their husbands. Um, and, and so it, it's very much that, and I hear the comment of doc, we used to see a chiropractor. He retired five, six years ago and we haven't found anybody that, we trust or that works right and then they found me and all of a sudden i'm taking care of not only the husband and the wife but their mother and their father and then their sisters their brothers and then all their kids and the largest family i see is actually a family of about 10 you get get around don't you (laughs) absolutely (laughs) um and and i've i've got patients that drive on from carney from lincoln um, all the way from Council Bluffs, like I said, my patient uh, from Des Moines. Um, and one of the easiest ways is because I'm right by I-80 and 370, it's a lot easier for people to get to me via that highway, especially on the northern end and whatnot. And it's an amazing feeling to know that people will drive that far to see you. I had a patient that came in. Um, she got off work late yesterday at six o'clock and we usually close at six. And she said, doc, I know you're closed. Are you by any chance going to stay late tonight? Cause every once in a while I see so many construction workers and everything that I, I stay late to them for till about seven o'clock because a lot of construction workers don't get off till after six. Right. Yeah. And so outside my normal hours, I do special appointments for those who call and all my patients know that no matter what even if the doc's not out of office he's got his cell phone for his office phone forwarded to his cell phone so that we can get hold of an emergency but she called and she came in at about 6 20 and she actually brought her sister and they both live in council bluffs and the the sister goes yeah I, i don't i don't know why my sister drives all the way this half an hour to come see you i was like well let let's you know what let's Let's take care of you today. You've got some problems, I heard. So let, let, let's see what we can do for you. And by the end of the visit, she looked over her sister and I said, now I know why you drive half an hour to go see him. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's an amazing thing. And it, it's just getting past that point. Um, and I know I, 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 I follow the same kind of fees that I do with the insurance companies. I don't change my fees at all. Everything uh, is just dependent on what we do, how much we do and everything else. So getting back to, (laughs) we've kind of got off topic, but getting back to post consultation, after that consultation, what we end up doing is that we end up going to the exam room. Everything starts off like a basic medical exam where you take height, weight, and then also blood pressure. And I always tell my patients when they're taking their height, I said, don't be surprised if the next time we do an updated examination, if you've gained half an inch to an inch, because what a lot of people don't understand is when you go see a chiropractor, in most cases, we're going to fix your poor posture. We're going to fix the scoliosis, something, and you're actually going to grow in height. I'm not six foot yet. No, you're not six foot yet. (laughs) I was hoping. You have a ways to go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there on, depending on one's consultation, we're probably going to do a couple of orthopedic exams in the area of complaint. We're going to do probably a couple of reflex checks 
as well as muscle strength checks. And then also what we're going to do is what we call a full scan. And that is where we actually, hands on hand, feel each joint to see where there is either a lack of motion or where there is pain when we press. And one of the, one of the things a lot of my patients say, Doc, even if I don't have pain, you just are able to find it. <laughs> um, and that, that's because it hasn't gotten to a point where the body is relaying an emergency message of pain to the patient so it's actually getting ahead of the problem and fixing it before it becomes a problem so after that comes the fun part the adjustment oh okay. Oh yeah <laughs> um, and then with the adjustment it, it's it's different from every patient to patient and every patient has a different reaction to it um i've i've had i've had patients who groan i've had patients who actually yip like a dog i've had patients who kick themselves i've had patients who flail just because of when you adjust some uh, a patient you see and actually make an impact on the nervous system with each adjustment and so there's always going to be a little bit of reaction. You and several other patients call it oh-so-feel-good pain. Yeah. Because sometimes it's very painful for a few seconds, but then later, especially after the inflammation has come down, it's no more pain or less pain or the problem's been fixed or we slowly move down. I'm but, that way with my neck. You know, it hurts when it gets adjusted, but I know 20 minutes later, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so See, like I, I can deal with the little pain. <laughs> I call that the band-aid. So, you know, you know, you're going to have to take off that band-aid. You know, it's going to hurt. Yep. It's going to pull some hairs, <laughs> but the quicker you yank it, the better off you're at. Yep. So... But, and that's also kind of where a lot of fear comes with patients is because they've heard and about the pain. And the problem is what a lot of people don't understand is the longer you take to go to a chiropractor when you have problems, the longer it's going to take to fix you. Because what the body ends up doing is that if it can't fix the spot where the problem is, it starts making adjustments and up and below that point in order to maintain its balance and posture. Because one of the main things that the body wants to do is subconsciously that fight flight syndrome. Right. It wants to be able to run away in a dangerous position. So it's order to be able to do that. It's got to maintain its balance, even though it may cause pain. It may um, actually affect nerves where you're having other disorders like digestion or heart problems or breathing problems. It's going to adjust because its main thing is to have balance. And when a chiropractor goes in there at first and tries to adjust, the body says, uh-uh, this, this isn't what I need to have my posture in balance. This is not my setting. I've got to revert back to what I know so I can get away if I'm in trouble. Oh, right. And so what ends up happening is the, one of the reasons we have you come in so much in the beginning is so until that body impacts and says, okay, maybe I need to start resetting my systems because not only am I functioning better, but I'm also maintaining that balance and have the ability to run away. So it takes an, a determined amount of time in order to do that. So it, it, it's difficult to tell people that we may get you out of pain, but you may not be completely fixed yet. Right. It's like muscle memory. So yeah. you're, you're, it's going to resort back to that old one Correct. and you'll make, you'll have to make the readjustments. So now outside of chiropractic, you chiropractors can do other stuff, can't you? Yes. Uh, so, and actually in Nebraska, and you always have to check state by state because every state law is a little bit different. Right. Um, chiropractors are actually able to do sports physicals. 
Which you did for Mikey here. Correct. And the funny thing is that in most cases we can do sports physicals, but we can't do school physicals. And one of the things is that is because with a school physical, a vaccination report is required and chiropractors don't do vaccinations. Um, So you have to go to a medical doctor for a school physical, but not for a sports physical. So chiropractors are actually able to do sports physicals. It's the same thing with the trucker licensure and physician assistant and assessment is that we can actually do, uh, I believe it's a DIC licensure physical, um, to where they actually have a physical before they have to go get their trucking license. I don't do those here because I'm not registered for it and certified for it. Um, but I am certified for the sports physicals. Oh, okay. That's very cool. And like I said, since we got Mikey's done here, I didn't know you guys could do that kind of stuff. So that's really... Well, yeah, because we, um, Mikey was going to start doing some sports this year, and then we we were just having to be here, and we I didn't know you could do that at first, and I, I just, I flat out asked, I said, you can't do a sports physical, can you? And I kind of was joking a little bit, and you're like, yeah, no, I could do that. Yeah. I'm like, well, that saves us a lot of time and trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and, and the thing is, when a lot of people go and get their sports physicals, they go and they're, they try to make an appointment, and they have to wait a month or two in order to get in with their PCP or primary care physician or a medical doctor to get it done, or in the schools, there's long lines or whatnot when they're holding um, when they get into those sports seasons. But in most cases, a chiropractor is licensed to do a sports physical. It's just a matter of, does that chiropractor have time in the schedule to do it? With me, I try to, especially around sports seasons, have a certain time or use my lunch period in order to do them. The two-hour period? Correct. The two-hour <laughs> okay. period, which, to make I sure. he- which I get a heck for, <laughs> which, I, like I said, if I'm in here doing paperwork and somebody needs a sports physical real quick, I... All they got to do is call, make a special appointment. We get them taken care of, whether it's before hours. I've got some patients who go to work very early, but they are on a maintenance wellness program that come in once a month. And they're like, doc, I got to be at work at nine o'clock. And it's like, okay, not a problem. I can come in. I'm here cleaning at eight 30 in the morning. Problem. problem. We'll go ahead and get you in. We'll get you adjusted at eight 30. I just apologize. It's not going to be freshly clean and smelling (laughs) like lemons when you usually walk in. So it's just a matter of being very, um, adaptable to patients time schedule. And I think that's one of the things my patients love about me is that they always know if I'm in town on a weekend or if I'm able I will change my schedule and go off hours to be able to take care of them. Because one of the things I want to do is I don't want my patients in pain. I don't want anybody to be in pain. Right. Um, so if someone had a car accident on, say, a, a weekend and had to come in here and, on a Saturday or a Sunday, um, they could call you. Right. In, in most cases, in a, in an, with a car accident, um, you're actually, most people will, who know will go to their chiropractor almost after it happens. The problem is post-accident, the inflammation will not start or peak until 36 to 48 hours after the accident. Right. So that's at the point that in most cases, you'll start seeing your chiropractor probably one week after the accident because all that inflammation, all the muscle irritation, you probably won't even feel and won't occur until that second or third day. And that's what a lot of people don't understand with accidents is they may feel absolutely fine directly after, not only because of the endorphins released and also the adrenaline released from that accident, which reduces pain because that's one of the, that's one of the neurochemicals in the body that reduces pain. Part of that fight flight syndrome is that injection of adrenaline, not only to increase heart rate and oxygen resorption, but also 
releases complete pain relief throughout the body so that you can't feel that you're injured because the body wants to (laughs) run away. It doesn't care if you're injured or not. That subconscious thought of running away, it just, let's go. It doesn't matter if we cause more injury. We're going. (laughs) See, Um, now while you're explaining that, I'm getting the evil eye from Rebecca here. Yeah. Because uh, after my car accident, which was on a Friday, I I, I think you even said at the hospital, I don't know how you're still standing or, or moving around. Yeah, because that was a pretty... Well, it was a pretty serious accident. Yeah. Well, then... I, I, I remember that phone call, and just so <laughs> listeners know, the only reason I'm able to talk about this is Mike has signed a HIPAA release. Right. So whenever a doctor <laughs> talks about a patient specifically, we always have to make sure we've got the HIPAA release. Whether it's your husband, your wife, or whatever, we have to have that HIPAA release to be able to talk that. And Mike has has signed that and done that. So, um, but But the funniest thing was and God, my prayers went out to you and I knew you were going to be in pain is Rebecca texted me and said, Hey, Mike's been in an accident and he's not feeling any pain. The doctors aren't giving him anything. We're heading out. Is there anything I need to know? And I told her exactly what I told everybody about the inflammation after car accident. I said, it's going to peak within 36 to 48 hours post accident. And that's when he's going to be in pain. I don't want to see him until after that 72 hours. Right. Because that was going to be affecting your migraine headaches, your muscle spasms, everything else. Right. And and I remember you calling and texting me and saying, I don't feel any pain. I said, wait until 36, 48 hours after the accident. And you're like, ah, it's not going to happen. And 40 hours later, <laughs> you text me like, uh, I can't move without pain. I was like, that's because you're at the 72-hour mark. Yeah, yeah. So we came in here on a Sunday. We did, yeah. Um, we did. You know, of course, it was a car accident, so you had to do the x-rays. Mm-hmm. We knew that was going in. Did the adjustment, and then took a, little, a lot to, to get that, you know, me back on track. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. So now where what is a good phone number for you if anybody wants to call you? So anybody can call the office. The number at the office is 531 531- three seven five five zero seven seven whenever i'm not in the office i've actually always got it forwarded to my cell phone if i don't answer my cell phone more than likely i'm either with a patient or doing something and can't get to it but i will check the message and get back to them as soon as possible now that doesn't mean call them at two o'clock in the morning don't oh. do that <laughs> call normal business hours right well I've, I've i always tell my patients but even in effect i've had patients who call me at 5 a.m a couple of my construction workers and say doc we just had an accident can i come in and i'm 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 there i've been there at 6 a.m for those construction workers uh, or seven o'clock because if they've had an accident that late i mean if i'm able and i'm awake i just say okay give me about half an hour i'll meet you at the appointment and i've I've had a construction worker come in where three of the guys are carrying him into the office because he's thrown out his back oh my god construction (laughs) job And see, uh, I, I always have parallel. this. You, so, you live right down the street from here, so yeah, I, mean, I live. I live five to ten minutes away from my office. Uh, and I could just imagine calling you at like uh, you know two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, and say, "Hey, I need help." And then like, you showing up in your pajamas. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I may show up in jeans or shorts and a t-shirt, and not my scrubs attire. But I'll, 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 I'll yeah, I'll know. I'll be here for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I always fuzzy slippers. I, I always ask my patients. Please do not call after 10 o'clock unless it's an emergency. Um, And if I'm able to see you, I'll see you. Um, But there are also some times when I've said, 
told patients where I've had a long day on a Friday and I get a late call on Saturday and they're like, Hey doc, can you, can you, I've got to go to work. Can you see me at seven? It's, it's like, my muscles are so tired. My mind is not there. It's like, I can see you at about nine or 10 o'clock. I'm sorry. My muscles, I've got to get the rest before I can actually take care of you. And yeah. so then I'll see them about nine or 10 o'clock unless it's an absolute emergency. Well, you got to understand that you have work life balance as well. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you can't just be at the beck and call all the time. Yeah. Uh, you, bend over backwards from everything I've seen for pretty much everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, definitely. <laughs> you know, the people need to cut you a little break sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the heart, not me, not okay. me. <laughs> well, sometimes after 11 o'clock, Oh, it's Mike. I'll call him in the morning. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it, it's really hard for a chiropractor because the more patients we have, the harder it is for us to be able to make those changes in those um problems. flexibility flexibility yeah because we're so tired and we've got to have that rest time and we've got to have that family time just like anybody else because otherwise we get drained it's just like nurses and doctors who work two three different shifts by the time they get home they're just drained and they have such a short that they retire by the time they're 40 50 i plan on doing this like my mentor until i'm in my 70s and 80s mm. um there are a lot of chiropractors who go until they pass away Oh, wow. Um, and they, they see a certain amount of patients. Um, in my case, we see about 40 to 50 patients a week right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that energy and ability to be flexible and go outside my hours. Now, I, I know a couple of my mentors and another couple of chiropractors who see four to 500 patients a week. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and one of the reasons they can't be flexible is because they work those long hours. They try to fit all of their patients into those three or four days that they're open, and then they've got to have that time after in order to recuperate to be able to keep taking care of their patients in that shorter amount of time yeah, you should send them like have them send your patients to you and they have an <laughs> right. emergency well, like, like i said <laughs> there are actually some times when those doctors get sick that we actually send patients to those other chiropractors for a short time while whether we're on vacation mm-hmm. or some I've, I've seen a couple of patients who their chiropractors on maternity leave they're just coming in for a couple of times and then going back and, and so we, there are a lot of chiropractors working together and a lot of people think that we fight and get fight each other for patience <laughs> and everything and no that that's actually not the way it works a lot of the time is that we all have our specialties and we all have our patients and like i said that relationship with the once you build with that patient that chiropractor that they're a patient for life yeah. so now we're in gretna right is this call is this area gretna this is gretna yes okay so how do people get to you okay so we are over at uh, 11314 wickersham boulevard suite 500 we're right off the corner of i-80 and highway 370 and as i tell everybody we're right by the arby's and walmart and anybody <laughs> around the area who says Right off of I eighty by the Walmart and Arby's, I know where that is. <laughs> right, so. yeah, that's right. it's pretty easy to get to. So, like you said, it's really convenient. So, I would definitely recommend uh, at least giving you a try. I mean, you know, that's that's the problem is is once once you get in once they get in here. Um, man, they don't want to leave, do they? Well, a lot of <laughs> medical doctors actually call us crack dealers because <laughs> crack dealers. <laughs> I know, no dad jokes. Um, because once a patient sees a chiropractor, they really become a patient for life, and they usually come in once a month. And it's not because they've become addicted to it, even though they kind of have. It's because patients realize 
what chiropractic does for them and how good they feel and how much more they're able to do in life by seeing a chiropractor once a month that they just know it's better for them both financially and be able to live that social life to be able to go. I've had one of my pharmacists who before she started, she, she, and funniest thing is she told me is that doc, when you said it affects my immune system, I thought you were full of (laughs) right. And, um, then a year after I looked at her, I said, so how often have you gotten sick over the last year? She's like, crap. And she looked over her fiance at the time. She's like, have we even been sick since we both started seeing him? He's like, no. And what you have to understand is she was getting sick two to three times a month in the pharmacy. And oh, so I she went from getting sick two to three times a month, having to spend the money on uh, medication, having to take time off of work. And she looked at me and said, doc, I actually did the books. I can come in, see you once a month, feel absolutely awesome, not get sick. And I save money paying you cash <laughs> than getting sick all the time at work. Yeah. So it, it's, it's where you put your priorities. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, uh, I think I think we learned a lot now, didn't we? I think we did too. It was a lot of good information, even that I didn't know. So and it took Mikey to a, a few minutes to recognize that crack joke. <laughs> Not really. You were a little delayed there. Yeah, it'll be okay. He, he doesn't understand dad jokes. It's yeah. okay. It's a good thing. He's not a dad, so it's a good thing. Well, that is true. That He's is still true. still too young. So, no, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Well, thank, thank you guys for having me. It's been absolutely awesome. All right. So, Rebecca, what's our next episode? We're going to do some makeup, questionnaire, makeup questions with uh, Ricky and Tiffany. All right. Yeah. So, we're going to put lipsticks on a pig. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Mike, no. you shouldn't talk about yourself like that. I know. I know. I don't think... Have I ever wore lipstick? Yes. <laughs> you were very quick to answer I, that. I know. Like, I've seen you. Want, I've seen you wear it. <laughs> well, we ga- we game, so we game. We we, we have worn some makeup. Halloween, and occasionally we ma- we uh, dress up and we go full makeup and whatnot. And... Yeah, we also like to tease each other. And there has been a few dares where someone has had to wear a dress at a uh, supermarket. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that would be my son-in-law. Hmm. I'm glad I wasn't there for that one. <laughs> he had a sing. Actually, he looked pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wasn't that bad. He had a thing, I'm a little teapot, right? Now, did you guys take pictures? Because I want to see pictures. No, you, we no. didn't take pictures. You, you, you might have to ask Tiffany. We're doing okay. makeup with her. So I think it's going to be her and Ricky. And uh, one of those two may have a few uh, incriminating pictures oh. for Austin. Okay. See, that's one thing I don't get about this younger generation. They've got all these phones and all these pictures. And I'll say, why do you want that kind of evidence? <laughs> I mean, yeah. back in our generation, it was, yeah, we have time. We've got the memory, but there's no evidence that we did that. Well, yeah. That's why. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. There's a lot of, you know. I've done some stupid things back in my younger days that I'm glad that it wasn't done in this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, Me too. <laughs> I think that's going to be our show. All righty. Bye, everybody. Hold on. I do want to say everything for everybody. Is, uh, thanks for having me. And so long, farewell, Vita Sena Joe.